Welcome to today's episode of We Were Just Thinking. I'm Shaylin. And I'm Melena. And we're here to rant, be better, tell you what we're into, think, show gratitude, and send you off with a thought to ponder. Welcome to episode 10. If you're new, welcome. If you're a returning listener, thanks for coming back. We're glad to have you. Let's do this. So, the rant. (laughs) Um, So far, I'm sure most listeners know that we're teachers, so we're off in the summer, but, um, well, you're definitely working, but I don't understand how school days go by so slowly, even though I have to admit this past year went by really fast. I don't know if that's because I'm getting older or what happened, or maybe I was just wishing it would end. Um, I loved my kids and I loved my school, but the assistant made me want it to be over very quickly. (laughs) And, um, now that that's over, I feel comfortable saying that. And summer days fly by. Oh, I know. I blink and it's 2.30 in the afternoon. I blink, it's 10.30 at night. (laughs) It's like tomorrow. And I looked at the calendar yesterday. I had a doctor's appointment and I was like, it's already this late in July? Like, how did that happen? I know. I feel the same way. My rant was the same vein Uh, of like, I feel like it takes me a really long time to unwind in the summer. Exactly. Like, I kept working the first couple weeks, even though it wasn't really necessary, and then finally like gave myself permission to slow down and then by the time I start to feel like a human it's like oh time to go back yes takes me so long to unwind that I don't even get to enjoy being unwound for very long right I actually was talking to my doctor about that yesterday too she's like so you're starting to enjoy summer and I was like yeah but isn't that sad because I've already gone on a cruise and I've already gone to the Virgin Islands (laughs) like my vacations are over and I'm just now unwinding I mean of course I enjoyed myself on vacation but I even found on vacation, like, I would get sad. Oh, I only have three more days here. Mm -hmm. Oh, I only have two more days Mm -hmm. here. And then now that I'm home, I'm like, oh, I only have 12 more days and I have to go back. Or I have this training on this day. Or I have this meeting on this day. Or I have teamwork on this day. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, oh, man. Like, we have one real week left of, yeah, or I have one week left of no interruptions at all. But then those little obligations start trickling in. So it just always cracks me up when people are like, oh, teachers have the whole summer off. Like, I've never had a summer where I haven't had at least five things that are required for me to do, like meetings or workshops or some sort of stupid something. And I can't think of anybody besides, I really can't think of anybody that has, that works at the same stress level pace during the year as elementary school. It's like, Unless you're working 80 hours a week. Because it's on your mind all the time. Like, that moral heaviness, I feel like, is always there. Yeah, it is. And I also feel like it's really up to you, like, the person. I don't know that it's a choice, but it depends on the person. Because even when I taught, like, middle and high school, all I had to do was grade papers. There was no frou-frou. There wasn't a lot of, like, parent stuff, you know, but elementary school is full force all the time. And it does, it creeps in your head and you have to be diligent in not letting it, you know, suck up your personal life too, because you could spend forever thinking about it. Yeah. Or even like giving too much of yourself while you're sitting there. I mean, people talk about that with parents having to be balanced. Like imagine 
for those of you who aren't elementary teachers, 22 of them and mm -hmm. all of their families and the pressure of their education, not just their development. So it's like people underestimate how heavy that really is and how long it takes to... And that's just the customer service side of the job. Like, that's not even, like, content and standards and mm -hmm. your professional responsibility that varies from school to school or, mm -hmm. you know, that's before you even get into what you're actually there for. Mm -hmm. And and that's what's so infuriating, which I, this is a talk for another time because it would last for three months, but, <laughs> like, you know, I've literally, I, I use that Remind app and... I've literally been getting messages from a mom and a dad at the same time, like saying different things. And I'm like, why can't you guys just check the folder instead of me having to do all of this like busy work, you know, like, and I know that that's with the times, but I actually have thought, you know, cause we've talked about essentialism, like the book by Greg McCown several times on here before I thought about, you know, I know technology is like where it's at, but actually thought about not using it this year because you know we talked a couple episodes ago about like making yourself scarce you know like I want to go old school if you have something that you want to share with the teacher I want you to send me a note I don't want to be readily available for you mm -hmm. all the time no and I've made a habit last year thankfully the school that I was at sort of forced me into discovering this but when people would write a note I would call them Mm -hmm. And it wouldn't be right away. You know, it would be the next time that made sense for me and the priority of my day. Mm -hmm. And I think that really made people stop and think because they don't really necessarily want to talk on the phone. Right. <laughs> they want to just text you, right? So if I call them and they hear my voice and they hear, like, I'm on my one break mm -hmm. this whole week to call you. Right. <laughs> like, every other day I have to be at a meeting. I don't even get to pee so right. if it's important enough for you to write me a note I'm gonna make is a it okay call. if I call you I'm on the toilet yeah <laughs> yeah so it's like I want them to realize like what you're asking when you do that I think people don't no they and it's don't. my favorite thing to somehow find a way to communicate what they're asking to them like when people come and say they want to help it's like my favorite thing to have them come read to the kids and then I say, I'm going to use the restroom while you're in here so that you can feel the weight of that responsibility just for like five minutes Yeah, and realize that's my whole day, you mm -hmm. know? So when you ask me some little thing that you could have read on the directions. Oh, that's my pet peeve. 180,000%. I'll get 15 messages a day about what's blah, 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 what's blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I, I spent 30 minutes of my weekend or the, you know, not really my weekend. That's not fair because I don't do that, but the Friday before on my planning period, writing this communication log for you. And the least you can do is read it. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, you know, the teacher's the bad guy when you say, when your response is, refer to the communication log. Like, that's rude and sassy. And I'm like, okay, but I've invested all of my time in preparing all of these things for you. I don't think that's rude at all. I think if someone thinks that's rude, they're very immature and entitled. Well, it's usually admin <laughs> that thinks that's rude. You know, they, they really promote this culture of coddling and catering to, you know, the customer service side of this position. And that's kind of crazy to me because... I think customer service is not the same as diplomacy. And well, it yeah. should be diplomacy and not customer service. We're not selling something. <laughs> like, I know. Education is not a competition. Right. I just feel like the customer service side is you have to meet all their needs. 
And I don't know why that's expected. And the reason that I talked about all of this is because I feel like this is what makes my summer days fly by because I already think about what August is going to be like when everybody's so needy. So yeah, technically I'm off work right now, but my brain is totally anxiety filled about all the crap. I know. You know? Oh, I so do. And I, I went to a, a meet the teacher recently for kids that I watch and um, it was really interesting to see different teachers. Mm-hmm. Like I've never been to one, you know, before. Right. Because you're always doing uh, it. I'm always doing it. <laughs> and it was really interesting to see like this one teacher who's younger, clearly stressed out, not ready, you know, kind of like just over it. And I totally relate to that. I have no judgment for that. Well, yeah, because we have five days at the end of the year when we have nothing to do. And then we have no days at the beginning of the year when we have everything to do. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, and I felt so sorry for her. But then I went to another classroom with a teacher who's been doing it for a very long time. And it was very apparent that like, it was not in a disrespectful way, but that well, for, okay, I'm going to back up. The first classroom, the teacher, you couldn't really tell she was the teacher, like, if you didn't know that she had a name tag. <laughs> you know, like, you're looking for her, like, who's the teacher? And you're, like, asking kids, you know? Yeah. Well, the other teacher, totally different. Like, it was very obvious who she was the minute you walk in the room. And she made herself scarce in a very, like, respectable way mm-hmm. that I just found really admirable. And she's clearly, like, been... She's a vet. She's been doing it for probably at least 20 years. How did she do that? I'm not sure. It was, like, her stance or the way she communicated. Like, it was some some kind of boundary just in her overall persona that was, like, if you have something to say to me, it needs to be of value. <laughs> you know? And I just thought, how does she do that? What was going on in the classroom? All these families were in there. Mm-hmm. Their directions on what to do, you know? And just the way she was interacting with parents and students was clear that she was going to talk to every single person that came through. And I don't know, she wasn't harried or frenetic. It was just like, we're going to get through as much as we can right now, like realistically, and wasn't rushing around trying to please everybody. You know, it was just like, I don't know. It was really, I wish I could watch her again because it was really inspiring because she clearly had a grasp on setting some kind of boundary for the people in the room mm-hmm. and realizing that she's just as important as anybody. Or even, I mean, at Meet the Teacher, she's she's the important one. I mean, that's why they're there. Right. So, and she presented it that way, but it was in no way, like, snobby or, I don't know, I just really admired how she handled it. Because I feel like when I do that, it seems cold. I feel like that too. I feel like either I seem cold, like rude, or maybe even like too shy when I try mm-hmm. to do it, even though I'm not being shy. I think that's how it comes across. I right. Don't, I don't know how, I mean, it's an art form to be that diplomatic for sure. Cause I usually set up stations and I like, I want them to like do what they need to do. And I don't know why I do that to myself because I usually get a glimpse right off the bat of who pays attention and who doesn't. And then I already know who my parents are going to be that are going to, like, be very needy throughout the year. Mm -hmm. Um, Do I do this on this paper? Do I do this on this paper? And I'm like, read the directions. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you... See, she had this vibe of, like, you don't ask her a stupid question. You know what I mean? Like, how do you do that? (laughs) Like, it was just, like, 
you just don't. I don't know how to, like, I want to create that as a person, though, for sure. I wish I, I want to observe that lady again. I mean, she was something. Yeah. Well, I'll try. I mean, that's what I normally do. Um, at this new school, I'm not allowed to ask for things, so that'll, like, take away my sign-up list and stuff. That's going to save a lot of time. But I'm just going to do my stations of, you know, everybody go to a seat and fill out your paperwork, you know, kind of thing. So hopefully we can get it done. But it seems like those days are always pretty chaotic because no one really comes on time, mm-hmm. you know. But speaking of time, let's talk about do it better. Yes. If you're short on time, there's no shame in ordering your food to have it delivered. Um, we do that sometimes with, like, Takeout Central or... Uber Eats or Grubhub. There's a lot of options, but um, so that could be like DoorDash. Yeah, we haven't used that one yet, but that's the only one in Hendersonville is where I'm seeing it. Oh, okay. Um, And so that could be locally, um, but you could also subscribe to some meal plans, um, which they also have some commitment-free plans that'll deliver your meals to you. And I mean, like FedEx type deliver, not a human, but um, some of the ones that I've been researching. I actually just tried Factor 75, um, but Factor 75, Keto Fridge, Kettlebell, Ki- Kettlebell Kitchen, True Fair, um, and then there's Tara's Kitchen, too. Um, I want to try that. Yeah, there's there's a lot. You need to do your own research for who like what your lifestyle is, um, but they can target your lifestyle needs. But it's also a great option if you're at a point where you're ready to... Um, make a lifestyle change and you don't really know how. That would be me. Um, or if, you know, like I said, you're short on time or I, I feel like it's really good too if you're one of those people where you'll spend $200 at the grocery store um, but then, you know, 150 of it ends up going in the garbage because a lot of people say, well, these meals are too expensive. And I'm like, well, you're throwing away $150 of food anyway. So. And when you eat out, it's... Yeah. It's not too expensive. Yeah. If the alternative If you add them up, yeah. Um, And the prices do range per plan, but they're usually between like $11 and $17 a meal. Um, And Keto Fridge, I think it is, also has like a bakery. Um, So if you have a sweet tooth, then you have some more options with that too. Um, And it might not be a financial option for everyone. Mm -hmm. But again, if you're a faster and you find yourself like only eating two meals a day or one meal a day or, you know, a meal and a snack or something like that. Um, or you, um, if you ever eat out and want to replace it with this. Yeah. And I mean, and we're not talking about eating out like Chick-fil-A cheap, you know, like this is obviously going to be more expensive than that, but, um, I don't know. It's about (laughs) (laughs) the, the options that don't require a contract would be a great place to start. Um, if you wanted to kind of gauge, how much you spend on groceries, how much you waste on groceries, and then how much you might even save by just doing the meals. Um, or if you're like a natural overeater, I think this is a great option too because, um, and obviously this is not a sponsorship, it's just something that I'm into, but um, that doing it better is because I'm not, I don't have to waste and I don't have to go shopping and I don't mm-hmm. have to, um, I think that you're less inclined to overeat because you only have, you know, what you've ordered kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I really so. like that idea of it being portion controlled from mm-hmm. the get-go where I don't have to make that decision. Right. Because it's overwhelming. Yeah. Sure. I'm definitely going to try that soon. 
don't know which one though. <laughs> yeah, you definitely need to explore all the options um, to see kind of which one targets, you know, your need. Like, do you want to be a low calorie or low carb or paleo or keto or um, vegetarian? Like, they all have a bunch of different um, AIP everything. Um, so you just have to kind of look through them and see what they have to offer. All right. Well, my do it better is um, not putting off, excuse me, therapy or any other kind of help you might need. I've been going back this summer uh, and it is helping me more than therapy in general always helps me more than I think it will. And it's been such a positive thing for me. And then I also have a really good friend who I've consistently watched invest in therapy and a life coach and it's definitely a sacrifice for her financially but it she always handles things like very challenging things in her life very well and prioritizes having those important conversations with her friendships and family relationships even when it's not enjoyable and just watching her sort of sail through really challenging things holds me accountable to remember that like getting help when you need it is totally worth it and it is a priority because you know I've consistently watched her do that and then vice versa sort of looked at myself and realized like I put things off a little bit too much sometimes and it makes things harder than it has to be you know and I think I could be wrong but it seems like there's two camps on therapy it's either proactive or reactive and I think if you have a standing relationship with a counselor like we both do like you can kind of do both because mm-hmm. you go frequently or continuously, you know, or consistently, preventatively. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but then when something happens, I feel like there's this security in knowing, well, I don't have to freak out and make an appointment. I know I'm already going next week or in two weeks and I can talk about it then kind of thing. Or... Um, Whereas I think when you only go when there's a problem, it's not as beneficial because you're not really working through things. You're just putting out fires Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Yes. And I feel like she does really well what you just described as both where she's got these standing Uh appointments, but then also she clearly has that security of like, there's more than one person I can call when something does happen. Right. So even when it does happen, she's aware that she's got this support system in place that all has wise advice you know right that will be genuinely helpful so even when she is freaking out it's like okay the emotions are gonna pass but I have help yeah and I feel like she's really good at like pausing before she goes to the next thing no matter how hard it is it's like take a breath feel Mm -hmm. the feelings then figure out what you're gonna do with help which yeah you know is not a pattern in my life I would say and um getting better at it and you know, if, if you're the, if you're like me and you tend to put things off, like, don't, is right. basically what I'm saying, because it's tot- it works. I feel like a lot of that's occupational, too. I feel like sometimes I would handle things, um, I feel like I handle things well, but I feel like if I had a moment to myself, <laughs> that I would be able to digest them a little bit better, whereas in our field, you don't really get that um, until either way after or you've already had your moment before or <laughs> something like that. Um, I think I've kind of been conditioned so. from that school of thought that's like, you know, you don't ask for help until you're like desperate or dying. You know, like you don't go to the doctor unless you're like going to die, like kind of thing. Right. And I feel like I have a little bit of that still. 
Um, and it's stupid. It doesn't help. <laughs> it doesn't serve you in any way. Right. That's totally true. And, and again, I, same thing with the meal delivery, even though they're very, very different. Like, money ugh, <laughs> is wonderful and terrible. Um, <laughs> but it's also there and then sometimes not. But I feel like things that better my life or your life, like, that's what I want to spend my money on. Mm -hmm. I want to travel. I want to eat healthfully. I want to, you know, buy sustainable clothing and sustainable food. And You know, those are the things that are important to me. I don't spend my money on single waste type experience stuff, you know. But... Or a massage, you know, like something super simple too. I mean, that's expensive for a lot of people and I get it. Like it adds up. Oh yeah. I just scheduled myself a facial ahead of time with Groupon so that I can yeah. like know it's coming. I can't do it very often, but. Yeah. And that's the thing is I usually get like a massage a month and I know that that's not affordable for everyone and it's probably not even affordable for me, but <laughs> I, I value that because to me it's almost like a therapy appointment, mm -hmm. you know, like it's. Those things that keep your motor running well um, are where I feel like the expense shouldn't be spared. Yeah, like, what are you making the money for in the first place, really? Right. Like, what are you working for to take like, care of yourself? clothes are not my jam. Yeah. Obviously. <laughs> but, like, they're just not. I have, like, a teacher wardrobe that's also my regular human wardrobe, so... <laughs> But, yeah, I don't know. I just feel like money is, like, always the thing where we say, oh, we just don't have any money or it's too expensive or whatever. But I really feel like you can't. You're spending it somewhere. Invest in yourself enough. Mm, I hear that. And, and and I definitely think, like, you end up spending it somewhere. Like, yeah. Look at it. Where are you really spending it? Is that really where you want to spend it? Because I'd certainly rather, when I slow down, spend it on a facial than, like, going to Starbucks three extra times, oh, you know, know, whereas that would pay for my facial. <laughs> like, right. When I buy the Groupon, it's really not that expensive compared to what I do when I'm just not thinking. Right. And I keep a spreadsheet and I, I feel like that accountability has been eye opening. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of did it without judgment. You know, like I have a spreadsheet that I keep my whole monthly like finances on anyway, but then I just have a little margin over here where i type in all of my spending and I just do it straight from online banking. It's not like an extra thing. You know, I just go through and type through and what, and so often it's crap. Mm -hmm. Like <laughs> did nothing. I like $4 myself 58 times on dumb stuff like Starbucks. I mean, that's the thing. And I don't know why Starbucks tastes so good because it doesn't. Honestly, it's not like, that good. I don't when know I go to, I like, either. a local coffee shop, I'm like, man, this is good. Yeah, I never look at that <laughs> charge and think, why did I go to Appalachian Coffee Company? Exactly. Like, I'm always glad I spent that money. It's because it's like, a damn drive through that's why. I know. I'm like, well, and my window doesn't even work, so I, I have like to go in. But put Starbucks in the fast food category. Like I know. Like, are. I don't know why I do that. Because it, it does taste so good, but it's, like, this immediate pacifier type thing it's, it's not that is a perfect word for it it is a pacifier don't spend your money on pacifiers yeah i no, want to spend my money don't. on nourishment yeah and i mean don't get me wrong i love a nice coffee like nobody's business but 
But even the kind I make at home is better than what I buy at Starbucks. So it's not like I'm I paying know. for the quality. Like, Well, and that's what I think, too. I'm like, okay, well, I ordered my coffee on Amazon. I paid $24 for three containers of it, you know. And... <laughs> I, I can make this at home. Like, I can get like, my better. sugar-free syrup and my heavy cream or whatever I want. Uh-huh. My collagen cream. I can I do it either. for, like, 94 cents and, at home. Like, <laughs> not use a cup, which, you know, how much... I if, know. If I go to the local coffee shop, I always bring my cup or I ask for a mug. But when I go to Starbucks, I take the, the crap one for whatever reason. Well, I feel like my opinion on this might be biased today also because I went there the other day... Um, I came home from vacation and I didn't have any food, so I was like, <laughs> looks like we're having Starbucks for lunch. <laughs> and I was there 40 minutes. There was a family of like six kids and a grandma and Ooh, a mom that came in and they took forever. Everybody was paying with their own individual gift cards and it was like 12, 15 in the afternoon. And I thought, why is there only one like register open on lunch hour? And I literally stood there for like 40 minutes. And I kept thinking, is the manager ever going to say, hey, I can help you over here or, you know, anything? And this just never ended. And there was a man behind me who was like, how long have you been standing here? And I was like, yeah. At that point, it was like 27 minutes or something. And he just needed a water refill. And I thought, oh, my gosh, like, this is crazy. And then. Well, because they do mobile ordering and the drive through and the counter. Exactly. And. They were kind of, like, attuning to the fact that they were understaffed. And I was like, there's, like, 12 of you back there. I don't know what's going on. Well, then when it was finally my turn, the guy made the drink wrong twice. (gasps) And he apologized. And I get that he had a lot going on. Thankfully, you can see him so he doesn't spit in it when you're like, I just (laughs) could not fathom, like, why do I do this? Granted, it's not normally like that. But I was like, this is crazy. I'm never coming back. (laughs) Which is a lie, lie. but it's still like, no. I know. But, you know, I will say, I did not go to Starbucks before school at all this year. Go, girl. Um, I made it at home. I did go a few times after school, but I did not go before school. Um, And then, of course, you know, if I got gift cards or anything, I'd definitely use them up. But, yeah. I went less this year. Yeah. It's just too much. Um, So... Well, that's. I feel like that sounded like a rant. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. Um, we're talking about how. How did we even get from? We're talking about what, that we want to. What we want to invest in. I know. And that it's really from, easy. Don't skip therapy. But, but don't go to Starbucks. You can make, well, but it makes sense. You can make the excuse like, you know, it's too expensive. But like, how much time and money? Right. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's the thing. Vote with your dollar, I guess, and and vote for yourself with your dollar too. Like. Get like that facial, that. get that massage. Vote for yourself. Do it. Let's make that stuff. Do the smart stuff. So, this is going to sound contradictory because that was all about do things that are good for you. Whereas the next thing that we're, we're into this section is all about trash, guys. I, my summer brain is all about that trash TV on demand. <laughs> I've been watching, it's not really trash TV, so no offense if any of these celebrities are listening, which I highly doubt you are, but... Big Little Lies. I read the book and I'm hooked on the show. So every year when it comes out, I have to watch it. Is that HBO? Yeah. And um, I want to watch that. I haven't seen it. Divorce with Sarah Jessica Parker and Hayden. <gasps> Hayden I want to see uh, that. Thomas Hayden Church. 
I want to see that. Hayden I know who Thomas it is. Church. I see his face. I don't know. It's all screwing He's up from in my brain. Spider Man. Yes, He's a Sandman. I think. And this show, Grand Hotel. I've never heard of that. Eva Longoria is a producer, and it's about this family that owns a hotel. It's on like a a local network. We don't have cable. We just have like Hulu and stuff like that. It's on Hulu. Um, but whoa, like is it naughty? There's all kind. No, yeah, it is. It's a little steamy, but it's also just like crazy. Um, and whew, I'm just watching all kinds of trash TV. <laughs> and then I've been reading books too, like the Unhoneymooners book um, by Christine Lauren. And then I gave you that Lululemons that we talked about last time. Oh, I devoured Lululemon. <laughs> and then I gave, or I gave you the proposal now, which I did. That was Jasmine Guillory. I had all these Whew. like smart books, you know. Yeah. And then I started reading Lululemon, and I was like, Those more, aren't for summer. More. Smart books are not for summer. I feel like <laughs> that's so true. That's funny. So my show is Girlfriend's Guide to Divorce. I love that show too. The new, the final season came out this summer, I and I literally watched it in like two days. I, f- I love that show so much. It ended too abruptly. I wasn't ready. I know. They could have done so much more. I'm really sad. Well, and I binge watched it in, I think a day, so it ended too quickly. Yeah, I, I binge watched it in two days because <laughs> it's so good. It's like I, I just love that show. Well, okay. I love Jake because isn't that his name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because I used to watch him in private practice. Me too. And I just loved him. And then I didn't know this, but he was married to, um, the blonde and how to get away with murder, which I've never watched that show, but, um, she was on Gilmore Girls. She was the friend of, well, she was not her friend. It was at, um, college the main blonde girl in Gilmore Girls. Yes! That was always mean to Rory. Yeah. That is He's ma- He was married to her in real life. They're not married anymore, but I, I love was him like, too. what a small celebrity world. Yeah, I have such a soft spot for him also. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, also, today, the high women who are Brandi Carlisle, Amanda Shires, Maren Morris, and Natalie Hemby released their single Redesigning Women and are coming up with an album and a music video. I'm so excited. I love them. I fell for all of the Instagram hype about their song coming out. And I love the song. And if you like any of those people or you like country music, give it a listen. Yeah, I didn't know about them, but I did notice that um, Miranda Lambert had a new song come out yesterday. Whoop. And a few of these people are going to be on her next tour, um, along with Ashley McBride. And we um, need to get tickets. Yeah, there's some more women on there, too. It's like an all-female tour. I think Carrie Underwood just did that, too. Um, But, yeah, so she had a new song come out yesterday, and then I saw some of these names look familiar, and that's why I was thinking that. um, But, yeah, they're all going to be on tour with her this year, and I think it's called, um, well, I just lost it. But All I know is that I'm dying for a High Women t-shirt to come out. (laughs) Like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, I think it'll be really cool. So, if you are interested in doing that and on the girl power movement, (laughs) go check that out. Yeah, which ties perfectly into our we were just thinking. Yeah, it does. And I won't get too deep in this because that's 
not the platform that we're designing or creating, creating or that it's appropriate for. But, um, yeah, it kind of makes me think about equality. And I looked up the definition because I think that we sometimes, you know, at school we definitely focus on how fair is not equal, you know, and I, I really teach to that a lot. But the definition um, is the state of being equal, especially in status, rights, and opportunities. And I was just thinking that while I teach this and believe in this, I'm struggling with how this word is used when um, it's also combined with some of the current political climate and the intentions of those who use it very loosely. Um, and I think it's important to remember what it is and what it really means and that we have to be careful with stating that this is the desire if it's not truly what is desired. And, it, and to make sure that it's not just a word that we've sneaked into our vocabulary um, disguised as something else because it's kind of um, one of those words that I won't say it's a buzzword because it's very valuable, but I think that the intention and meaning behind it when you use it is what's most important yeah, about like you its need use. to be reverent and yeah. not treat it like a buzzword, which yeah. I think that's totally fair. I feel like some of the current climate has been using it like a filler almost. I mean, yeah. it's like, and, and other language. Yeah. Carelessly thrown around. Which, you know, kind of. It reminds me of what somebody I used to teach with would say about, like, when we give kids awards. It's like, if you yeah. do it, every kid an award, it loses its meaning. And I feel that way about some of these issues when politicians are discussing them. Uh, you know, stop treating it like it's light. Because mm -hmm. it isn't. Well, yeah. And, and to be more specific, like, when you say equal, that doesn't mean fair. And I feel like sometimes in areas of feminism or, you know, these different movements that come and, and they're all meaningful and valuable and whoever believes in that should and should fight for what, you know, they feel they're entitled to or what's important to them. I'm all about everybody, you know, pursuing what is meaningful to them, but without you know, drama from other people. I feel like that's the thing. Like, we can all believe what we want to believe and still, you know, exist. Um, but, yeah, I just feel like we have to be careful with that because I think sometimes what we, and I say we, society, different people in society, really want is fairness, not equality. Mm -hmm. And that's where I feel like we get a little twisted and a little confused and maybe I think of it differently because, you know, we teach young people and we're really into teaching these vocabulary words mm -hmm. and, and setting the precedent for teaching them what to expect as they age, you know. And I think that um, sometimes when people say that they want to be equal, it's just interesting to me that when they are treated equally, that's really not what they wanted. Mm-hmm. Because they kind of want a little more mm -hmm. than equal. <laughs> yeah, and, you know... Like some special treatment. Yeah, sometimes. yeah. And, you know, having 
the conversation that includes everybody about what you're really looking for and not just what you want for yourself. Yeah. And I think that's really important in any kind of leadership role or civic issue. You know, it's not just what you want. Mm-hmm. And I feel like everybody kind of falls into their own camp. Sure. Like, I want what I want because I feel the pain of what I'm doing. But if you're engaged in civic issues in any capacity, you've got to think about everybody, not just you. And I think that's important. Like, everybody's entitled to feel those things. You know, we all walk a different path, even though they overlap from time to time. And I don't think that anyone should be, you know, mistreated or singled out for their, you know, thoughts or beliefs or desires. Um, Because I think there's more than one way to, you know, make change in the world. But, yeah, it's just... Um, something that I thought was really interesting and you can check out the article in the notes um, and it was called Frequently Asked Questions um, about equality which I thought was interesting. And it talks um, specifically about gender too. It does, yeah. Um, which I've been thinking a lot about. Yeah, and I think about that when I teach kids too because you know people take for granted that you know we focus on the adult part of these issues usually because that's kind of what makes the news most often or But, you know, we also think about, like, teenagers and things like that. But there are even young people who are sifting through these issues and kind of trying to create their own perspective and understanding. And a lot of that happens at school. You Mm -hmm. know, like, they are seeing others and noticing their differences and noticing how they feel differently. And I really want to be able to encourage them to advocate for themselves diplomatically and also accurately Mm -hmm. and make sure that what they think they want is, you know, what they are really verbalizing Mm -hmm. um, instead of just kind of going with mainstream verbiage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that it's, it's intentional. Yeah. Not just popular. I've been thinking a lot about the specifically the place for men to be nurturing in that whole conversation lately. Just, I mean, I know it's always been a part of the conversation, but it's just something that I've been focused on. I've been watching, um, Queer Eye, I'm so excited for their new season too, and following them on Instagram, and just, it's made me think about a lot of things, and I've been noticing actual men in my life, and thinking about the assumptions I make, and my own perception of, like, what is masculine or isn't, and the nuances in my life have just been really interesting to me lately, like, I feel like progress is definitely being made in general, because the women, the movement, I feel like, is helping men too and me like that I've participated in some things that weren't helpful and uh, more nuanced than I think because you know you you know you're not on one side of the camp you know you're not like way over here right but Mm -hmm. but to pick up on some nuances because of some of really because of the Queer Eye guys conversations and their Instagram feeds and the things they say have just been really helpful to me Um, and noticing I don't know what men are allowed to be. Yeah, and I added something to the notes. Um, If you're a parent and you're struggling with that or you're a man struggling with that or a woman struggling to understand that, I there's this website, and I can't believe I haven't mentioned it before. Perhaps I have, but um, it's called The Good Men Project. And um, they have different stories about everything. Um, they have several contributing authors. Um, but they talk about sex and relationships. They talk about how to raise nurturing boys, how to um, allow boys to be emotional, how to encourage them to be emotional. How it, It's just a very diverse and great website um, that is great for pretty much anyone interested in any topic um, related to 
how society has kind of shaped men um, and how to kind of unschool, if you will, um, some of those deep instilled ingrained teachings, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it's got great relationship advice and stuff like that too. So that's awesome. definitely worth checking it out. I will for sure. So, well, uh, this week I have a new thing to mention. Uh, Podcoin is something that I found recently. It's an app where for every 10 minutes you get a coin for listening to podcasts through their platform and you can trade them in for gift cards and stuff. And so we're on there now. So check it out. I really like it. Cool. Thanks for listening, and please share us with anybody that you think might dig us. Until next Next time, time, be authentically authentically you without apology. apology.